You are listening to episode nine of the TJ Tells It podcast. Today, I'm bringing you an interview with Lacey, where she's telling you how to be consistent and prepared during your health and fitness journey. Welcome to the TJ Tells It podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and this is your straight talk guide to the fitness lifestyle by a non-traditional fitness junkie. Have you ever said, I could never run, lift weights, take a spin class, complete a 5K, or even that marathon? If you ever said, I'm not the fitness type, are you afraid to go to the gym because you don't know where to start or what to do? Or are you just looking for a little motivation to get out the door? If I just described you, then this is the podcast for you. You will hear about starting a health and fitness lifestyle, tips and tricks to staying on track and motivated. You'll learn the ins and outs of becoming a healthier you. You will also get to meet some of my favorite fitness junkies around and more. Lace up your shoes and let's get this journey started. Hi everyone, today I'm bringing you an interview with Lacey, who is a fellow team masters track and field captain with me, Atlanta Track Club run lead extraordinaire, and is on her very own health and fitness journey. Lacey, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, I'm Lacey. I'm uh, from Stockbridge, uh, currently living in Atlanta. I've been on my, I guess, fitness and health journey for kind of my entire life, uh, but more so, I guess, it's taken a uh, front seat since uh, 2014. So what do you do for a living? So I am a financial systems analyst. Um, I work in the accounting and IT area. Nice, nice. You sit all day and I, on the computer. I do. Uh, but the good thing is, is I work at an organization that's very health conscious and encourages us to get up, move around, walk around, take breaks. Oh, yeah. Tell them how old you are. Okay. I'm uh, 31. All right. So I asked her how old she is because people are like, masters, track and field. Isn't that the old people? No, really. Track and field starts at age 30. So we've been on the team together for, I guess, about a year now. Um, we got suckered into by the same coach that I got suckered into. She also came along for the ride. She answered that question about how old are you? And you're like, why do you want to know? It's like, what, then, what, what is this signing me up for? <laughs> exactly. We both, both knew, but yet we still fell right on into it. And now we're team captains for the under 40s together. So everyone is really here to hear all about your health and fitness journey. And I know you said that you've kind of been an active person all your life. What did you do prior to it taking a front seat? I kind of played some, I guess, almost intramural like with uh, in the inside the corporate world when I was working um, in college, I did intramurals. Um, And then once I finally got out of the kind of the full-time stress and travel of a job, I kind of was able to focus on myself. And uh, my big kind of turning point was um, signing up for a sprint triathlon and then doing it without training. Not recommended, by the way. So tell everybody, what is a sprint triathlon? So the sprint triathlon I did was down in Peachtree City. It was a 400-yard swim, so four football fields, a eight-mile bike ride, and then a two-mile run. All right, all all on the same day, all at the same time. All uh, all in sequence. So you'd you'd swim, then you go bike for a little while, and then you try to get those uh, legs to run. Awesome. And what did you feel like at the end? I was very proud of myself. Nice. <laughs> I uh, I finished. That was the goal of going into that race because one, I had never done a triathlon. Two, I didn't train, and I had not swam in years when I did that. Awesome. So was this an open water swim, meaning in a body of water not surrounded by land or was it in a pool? It was was in a lake in Peachtree City. 
Okay, so for those of you who aren't in Georgia and don't know, we're basically landlocked for the most part. So if it was a lake, it, it maybe it naturally created at some point, but probably man-made. And it's not the prettiest water. Were there fish and whatnot eating at you? Um, I was fortunate enough that I wore a wetsuit, so I uh, avoided all of that. Gotta love a good old wetsuit. Look fashionable, right? Oh, extremely. So you signed up for this sprint triathlon. Would you call that the like turning point in your journey? I think so, in terms of like going from just periodically doing something to making it, you know, a focus and something I really wanted to do. So from there, I started picking up and trying to do runs here and there. And then my craziness of uh, signing up for things uh, continued. And so I signed up for a half marathon um, basically a year later and completed and completed that with um, little training. I did train a little bit, but it was very little. So you learned a little bit from maybe you want training so that you don't feel awful during it. So what half marathon did you do? I did the rock and roll uh, half marathon up in Nashville, Tennessee. Nice. And you've done that one several times now, right? I have done, I've still only done the half one. Well, I guess I've kind of done the half twice. (laughs) I've done the marathon once, um, but the half and the full pretty much share the same course for the first 11 miles. How did you, what was your sort of training for that? I was with Atlanta Track Club in the training programs at that time. So I was acting as a participant and had friends tagging along with me trying trying to get them back into, you know, their fitness journey as well. So let's talk a little bit about the training programs. I know you said that you were trying to help your friends get back into um, doing something for their health, but is that what led you to become a run lead? It was. I was a participant for, I think, I think three seasons uh, through two fall, through a fall half marathon, a spring half marathon. And, and then I also did in training for Peachtree as a participant and through those and having some of my friends come out, it kind of helped, you know, encourage me because I was encouraging to them to share my passion with others. Awesome. Um, we both spend a lot of time volunteering together and helping other people along the way. Um, how do you personally stay motivated? For me, I really enjoy seeing other people, you know, meeting their goals. That's very important to me, which is why I've continued to, you know, push other people for myself when I'm trying to accomplish something for myself, because I know it's for me. That's kind of all the motivation I need. I don't have a lot of like, I guess, big mantras or anything. It's, it's what I want to do. So I'm kind of a go-getter and I just go get it done. So you call yourself a self-starter and all you need is to have outlaid the money and you're going to start and finish. Oh, absolutely. Love it. I'm kind of the same way. I like to say that I, I mean, I could say I'm cheap, but I'm also frugal. And once I sign up for a race, it's like, I'm doing it. So how am I going to do it? And what will I feel like at the end is what kind of keeps me motivated along the way. Is it the same thing for you? Absolutely. I've had some times where I've done, you know, a training run in the mornings. And then because not knowing I was doing the training runs at those times, I'd signed up for races months ago. And then um, come to find out I have a training run and two races, um, pretty much the same, you know, a training run one morning, a race at at the night and another race the following morning. um, And I get them done. Nice. I like it. We're, we're, we sometimes are a go big or go home type of registering for things, um, a group of people, which um, I think also helps keep us motivated along the way. And we know that we have to make it to our day jobs and we can only use the 
I did a half marathon the other day as an excuse a couple of times before they're like, don't you do that on the regular? So let's talk a little bit about confidence because it's not a common thing. Some people are very intimidated by even um, what we would consider a short distance, a 5K, um, whereas that may be the longest that people have gone. What impact does having confidence have on your health and fitness journey? I think it helps you know that no matter what the obstacles are, you're going to you're going to accomplish it, um, whatever that goal may be. Whether you're, I have a lot of friends who they tell me I will never run a step in my life, but I am more than happy to go out there and walk with you. And I actually just had one just the other day say thank you for continuing to encourage me. It's given me the confidence to know that I can do this, even though I may not think I can. You you know. It's the old saying, you know, I'm going to believe into you, in you until you believe in yourself. That is definitely one of my trademarks when starting with a new group and run leading and they go, there's no way I can make it three miles. And I'm like, okay, I don't lie. So you'll make it three miles, even though you're still shaking your head at me and looking at me like I'm cray cray. Just let me believe in you until you believe in yourself and let's go get this done. So, I mean, it's a, it's definitely a philosophy of a a run lead and um, volunteer um, that shows up Saturday mornings, day and weekend and week out. So do you have a superpower? What is it? I think just for the most part, and I've heard this from a lot of people, I tend to be extremely positive you know, all the time. It takes a lot for something to get me down. So if something does, or if something irritates me, you know, it's, it's a big deal at that point. Other than that, I'm always going to tell you, you've got this, you know, you can do it, you know, whether it, no matter what it's in, you know, you're, you're going to have my support. I love it. Positivity is your superpower. It's, definitely a needed thing especially in a world where negativity can kind of play a large role and being not confident or being intimidated by a situation make knowing that you're gonna show up somewhere with and have a person that's cheering you on and truly there because they're happy to see you is a way to keep other people moving as well as yourself let's talk a little bit about lifestyle how does a balanced life play a role in your journey Or do you have a balanced life? I think balanced, like we talk about it a lot at work, um, work work-life balance. So making sure that, yes, you're getting your job done, but at the same time, you still have a life outside of work. And that's really big for me um, to be able to flex my schedule at times, whether I have a run I want to go to in the evening or... um, I did a big race over the weekend and can I get a couple hours, you know, the next morning to make sure I can get myself there in an upright position, (laughs) um, sometimes needed. So I think having that flexibility and just making sure that other people are aware of what are goals and focuses of my life and fitness is one of those things so that when I'm like, hey, this is something I really want to do, they're like, okay, let's, let's shift your schedule, let's rework this because that's important to you and that's what you know we want to do. So would you say telling other people about what your goals are is what helps you create a more balanced lifestyle so that you have someone who kind of checks you when you're not being realistic, but also is supportive when you have pointed out, these are the things that I need to do and here's how I need to do it and getting the help that you need? I definitely think that, you know, that helps in terms of 
trying to make sure you accomplish your own, you know, your own goals. I think for me, like we mentioned being a self-starter, I don't necessarily verbalize a lot of my goals, but I verbalize more of maybe the journey of, hey, I'm doing X, Y, Z. Would you like to join me and do that? So what is something that people don't talk about when it comes to being on a health and fitness journey that uh, people should know about? I said that one's a tough one because I feel like a lot of aspects are kind of, you know, out there for <laughs> with a lot of what we do. I, I think that's true if you run in a runner's circle. That's a bad kind of pun, but I feel like once you get into the runner world and you spend enough hours together, everything is there and available for But think about when you were a fir- first time starting out, what was something that you wish someone had told you so that you could just sort of prepare for it? Like for instance, I wish someone had told me about what I like to call a screaming shower before I had my first screaming shower. And that results from if you have chafing somewhere and you don't realize it until you get in the shower and then the water hits it and you're like, oh, what in the world is, okay, that hurts. And so that I could be prepared for it. What do you got? I think one thing for me that I've noticed, especially as I've kind of varied between running and gyms and different things like that, is you have to do what's right for you. You can't let the peer pressure of someone else's workout impact what you're doing. So you may be in a group fitness setting. You still have, you do your workout. Don't worry about what the other person's doing. If you need to modify it, be, be okay. It's okay to modify it. I like that. I like that a lot because I think a lot of people come into a um, group fitness class and try it for the first time and they're just trying to keep up with everybody and they either will overdo it or they get discouraged because they can't keep up. But in reality, they're pushing themselves for the level that they're at. So I think that's great advice. Um, It's sometimes hard to do when you're in a group setting because you're kind of watching everybody. But I like to pick a back corner and kind of settle myself in. And then that way I don't feel like too many people are watching me just because I've limited there's a person on on the side of me and the person in front of me and maybe a person on the other side of me if I didn't get there early enough. What are your strategies for being able to focus on what you're doing versus what everybody else in the class is doing? I think for me, making sure that because a lot of the classes I go to, it's we may be lifting different weights. Is dip, if I know how many sets of an exercise I'm going to be doing, you know, I take it easy the first one. And the next one, I try to increase it. If I can, great. If not, I'm okay dropping back because I would rather finish it than to not be able to finish. That's my whole thing. And I'm like, if I have to, you know, use the you know little blue weight, I'll go use the little blue weight because I can finish it and I can be consistent. So I think finishing and consistency. We talk, you know, in a lot of circles that I'm in, we talk a lot about being consistent. And it seems like that's just a life tenant that you need to keep in the forefront, whether you're on a health and fitness journey or you're a blogger or if you are just trying something new to begin with, being consistent with whatever that practice is, is a great piece of advice. And it is easier said than done, but just because you become inconsistent doesn't mean that you should give up either. Right. You definitely have to, you may have those days where you kind of, you know, It's a terrible thing to say, fall off the wagon, but you have to, you know, you have to get back on it and, you know, take your time stepping back into it, whether it's, you know, scheduling if you're like, if you like to go to group classes, whether it's scheduling one class a week and then maybe in two weeks, try to up it to another class or, you know, same thing with running, add a mile here and there or add another day. I like that advice. Um, Sometimes 
if you're overly ambitious, you may wear yourself out in the first week and then you're sidelined for a couple of weeks, which kind of derails you and decreases your motivation to keep going. But if you start slowly, you'll be able to kind of can create a pattern, even if it's one day a week, but your ultimate goal is to be a five day a week kind of uh, worker out, or as I like to say, a fitness junkie where you're in the gym or doing running or your fun then becomes a physical activity or making healthy choices. Um, but, you know, it's picking a point to start and knowing that you can always keep moving forward is a great way to go about it. And I like to keep like-minded people around me. So as you, if you can't tell, Lacey and I definitely agree on a lot of different things and our motivations and strategies for getting, um, for moving forward is always kind of in line with each other. But let's talk about some like everyday things. I like to give my listeners practical advice. So what are some everyday things that you have kind of tweaked or changed along your journey? I think for me uh, with going to like a gym, I put it on my calendar. So it's always on my calendar. Uh, If I need to, if I think there's going to be a struggle, I'll set it to remind me. Um, I also like to lay my clothes out the night before because I hate struggling to figure out, you know, what I'm going to, you know, get put on, wear, et cetera. If it's there, it's ready to go. I think another big thing I do kind of every day is, you know, have my handy dandy water bottle. I love it. You know, find a water bottle that you like. That's been one of the big things for me is I have a ton of water bottles from a lot of different things that I've done. But once you find one you're like, you like, you're more apt to carry it around, to keep filling it up, to constantly use it and always be on the lookout for it. So like for me, I'm like, okay, where is it? You know, I know I, I know it should be within arm's reach at all time. I like that. So I'm a, I'm a water bottle connoisseur, I'd like to say, in that I will, I know when I need to increase my water, I'll get a new water bottle because the new shiny thing in the cabinet is what's going to motivate me to um, keep drinking. And then, then sometimes I do fall, slip back and I'm not getting as much or I have to make a conscious effort to like set an alarm to get up and go get water. But I do have my like trusty throwbacks when the new shiny object has worn off or I left it at work and I need a different one or something like that. So I like that. Getting your water in is, I think, sometimes one of the biggest challenges and knowing a practical tip that you can try to try and get those in are good. I also have um, some other tips on the tjtellsit.com blog about how to... Um, get your water in every day, which um, consistency in that part of your health and fitness journey will make a huge impact for how you feel. Let's talk about one more lifestyle thing before we start talking about a little bit of nutrition. What's your biggest hurdle, either past or present, along your health and fitness journey? For me, it has always been the nutrition aspect. In the past, future, I'm I'm hoping to get rid of it, I guess, in the future, (laughs) present, um, because it's just really hard as a single person trying to cook, meal prep, figure it all out. I'm also, oddly enough, not a huge fan of uh, food. I eat it because I have to, to sustain myself. But if I could not eat, I would actually be a much happier person because I hate thinking about it. I just really, it's not something I find a lot of passion in. So uh, that makes, that is a big hurdle. Always, it's been that way for me for a long time so 
And this, guys, is an example of where we're complete opposites because I'm always like, what's my next meal? What kind of crazy food combinations do I want? How am I gonna eat? But it's still one of my hurdles too. So being on opposite ends of the spectrum, we still kind of have the same battle, nutrition and figuring it all out. But that's a great uh, segue into our next kind of area. How do you manage the nutrition portion of your journey? I know you said it's a hurdle, it's a struggle, but what do you do so that you can be a healthier you? I definitely try to plan out some form of meals for, especially for dinner and probably breakfast. Lunch I leave up in the air. Um, depends on what's going on at work, whether I may be going out with coworkers, things like that. So my lunch is kind of my flex flex meal. Um, I try to use, there are a couple, I guess, I don't know if you'd call them meal prep services that are local that do all the prep work for me. I keep the food in the freezer. I just defrost it, cook it. I have, and I do it for, it's a two to three meal person, you know, per meal thing. So that makes it easy for me because obviously since I'm not a huge fan of food, I'm not a huge fan of leftovers either. So I can only eat something twice, maybe three times before I'm over it. So for me, finding a variety too is, you know, something I, I strive for. Other than that, it's, I'm, just, I'm still, that's still a ongoing process. I like it. I like it. So you said you use local meal prep services for you Atlanta people. Um, why don't you tell us which meal services you use? So there's two different ones, um, Good Measure Meals, which does everything. It's all cooked, packaged, ready to go. You just reheat. Then another one that's uh, local is called Dinner Affair, and they do basically the entrees. Everything is provided for you, the protein, the spices, the sauces, everything with instructions on how to cook it, and you can stick it in your freezer. Nice. So Good Measure Meals is the uh, for-profit arm of Open Hand Atlanta, which is a nonprofit. And I believe it's every Good Measure Meal provides two meals for um, a person in need. So it's kind of one of those uh, feel-good services that you can use if you're local to Atlanta with a bunch of different drop-off points. I actually um, have tried the Fuel line. I went to one of the tastings and really like the high quality food. They do they do a dinner sized meal portion and it's geared towards a more active and fit person with a higher protein um, content. And I'll have information in the show notes about how you can check it out. So what's a typical day of eating like? I know you said you don't necessarily eat a lot or love to eat, but what is it like? What does it entail? I usually, lately, I've been going for kind of a protein kind of uh, crepe-like breakfast. So fixing a crepe and throwing some fresh fruit in there for my breakfast. Um, Then lunch, I've been eating out a little bit. So, you know, a turkey sandwich from a a local sub shop is a a common occurrence. And then uh, dinner, especially this week, it's been an Asian pork tenderloin that was seasoned with sesame and soy sauce. Oh, that sounds good, actually. Um, are you a snack person or nah? Not really. If I have it there, sometimes I'll have it. So I have I keep a bag of uh, carrots in the fridge at work. So if I do want a snack, I have that. I also will take sometimes a, a snack baggie full of nuts just to have something. Um, I'm not somebody who's really going to go to the vending machine and get something I would I'll go without. Nice. So, but you keep healthy options. You take it into work so that you have that available to you when you need it. 
Absolutely. I, I definitely try to do that. So let's talk a little bit about fitness. We talked a little bit about how you are, we run together and we do track and field and we do chocolate and things like that. But what types of exercises do you really, really like? I have really been enjoying, it's a group fitness class that does a lot of lifting. Um, it's definitely more of a hit class, but so you've got the lifting and then it also brings in some cardio with various exercises like everybody's favorite burpees oh god yeah if i never do another burpee in my life i will be perfectly happy to never ever ever do those again so tell me a little bit about what hit is high intensity interval training so it's uh you have a set exercise that you do for kind of shorter periods of time um so it gives you the opportunity to either up the weight or up the intensity or up the tempo but it's short and then you get a small recovery and then you either do that same exercise again or you do a different exercise and it's the uh, classes that i go to are 45 minutes of that nice so it's a good good sweat equity type of workout absolutely awesome do you own a fitbit or a step tracker i do not oh so you haven't entered the step counting craze i have bought one before okay I don't find motivation from it. Interesting. I don't, I have tried, like I bought one, I wore it for a couple weeks, um, then I gave it to my mom because I just really didn't find any motivation to do it, so. I'm slightly Fitbit obsessed, less than I used to be. I, for a solid year, year and a half, I did 10,000 steps a day, every day, no matter what, before midnight. Even if I got home at 11 o'clock at night with 4,000 steps, that was me running around the house, running in place. I lived um, in a place with a relatively large front yard and I'd run laps around that with the dogs. So they kind of love that, but I was definitely obsessed. I still wear Fitbit to this day. I just am a little more, um, rational about my step counting and whatnot, but it does kind of motivate me. I like seeing that, like it buzzes on your wrist and tells you good job and 10,000 steps and all that kind of thing. But it's, I like that there's, you know, there's two schools of camp, I think, about them. Some people who have them, they're totally obsessed. And the people who are like, yeah, I got one. And it just showed me how much I didn't move. But it didn't make me move anymore. Oh, I think for me, whether I have it or not, I make a very conscious effort when I'm at work. If I need to go, if somebody sends me an email and they're in my building, I go walk and talk to them instead of replying back to them most of the time. So I am constantly up away you know away from my desk and walking around pretty regularly throughout the day so for me it just really didn't you know add a lot of value and then where I live I can walk to Publix and Costco and so everything's right here so I think I I'm still getting those steps I just don't have to see them on a on a tracker But for those of you who are trying to increase your steps, she just gave an excellent tip where if someone sends you an email instead of just replying back or picking up the phone and calling them, get up and walk over to their desk if that's available to you. I, I do that some at work too. I We have stand-up desks now, so I stand a, little, a lot more during the day and being standing instead of shooting back an email initially anyway I'll get up I'll just walk away from my desk which is way easier than if I had to get up from something and then walk away so that's great though but walking and talking and having that like person-to-person contact also is another great thing for your mental health so absolutely and it's one of those things after I do it if I need to I because I've had that in-person conversation just follow it up with a quick email so that it is 
recorded as needed. (laughs) Got to do that sometimes. Okay, so have you done anything crazy fitness-wise? What kind of question is that? (laughs) We know the answer to that. (laughs) I've done quite a few crazy things. All right, what's the craziest thing you've done? I I can't decide between Dopey Challenge, so that's uh, down at Walt Disney World. So it's a 5K, 10K, half marathon, and full marathon in four consecutive days. Um, with, so, a, with a 3 a.m. crazy wake-up time, yes. I've not done Disney races because that, that early start time, in the literally in the middle of the night, I don't know if I'm down with that, but maybe. So that's pretty crazy, um, just because it's a lot in four days. Um, granted, we didn't do the parks or anything like that. Um, my parents and I just, we just walked around, you know, kind of locally with, and went shopping and did did things kind of, I guess, vacation-like as opposed to going to the parks. Because I was like, I ran through but them. I don't need to see them again. Um, the other thing was a couple years ago, my parents had bought a new house. So the same weekend we were moving into their house and it was an hour and a half away from the old house, loading, you know, a 20-something foot moving truck. I threw in a 15-mile training run. A uh, 5K at midnight, drove, uh, I don't remember how many hours, to Athens, uh, Georgia, and ran a half marathon in Athens, finished that half marathon, and then drove back to my parents' new house and unloaded the 20-something foot moving truck. Uh, yeah, ding, 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 we have a winner, because, yeah, that's crazy town. And then was still at work Monday morning. Yeah, see, mm, I call that poor planning, because I always... Or almost always take the Monday to at least either work from home because I'm fortunate enough to be able to do that, or I take it completely off after one of these crazy race weekend things. I've been fortunate. I think after Dopey, I finally got the Monday off after the races. Before then, I'd never had a Monday off after a marathon. Um, But I take that back. I did not have. I did have that Monday off, but was for a different reason. I moved into my apartment on that Monday and that Tuesday. Yeah. See, there are people who are crazier than me. I love it. I keep them around me so that when people start going, um, you're losing a little bit. I can go, no, 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 no. I got another person. Let me tell you what craziness they've done. What's the craziest thing you consider doing that you haven't already done? I mean, do you consider Iron Man crazy? I think some people might, and some of the listeners might think that's a little crazy. It's totally on my bucket list, too. I, I think I, I keep waffling on whether I, I, there's times I want to do it, but then I'm kind of like, the bike and the run I got. It's I really don't want to swim for 2.4 miles. So it's a 2.4-mile swim. 112-mile bike ride, and then a full marathon, 26.2 miles. So 140.6 miles. <sighs> yeah. See, this is why it's on the bucket list, but not actually planned. Yeah. Ooh, every time I say that out loud, I'm like, I'm just going to have to get in it. And once once I lay out the funding for it, it's happening. Ooh, it's going to happen regardless. But uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. You know, it's a lot to just thinking about everything that goes into prepping for an Ironman. Because it's like, okay, you're prepping for a marathon plus. Yeah. And marathon prep is... It, it can be insane at times. Trying it can to, be. Trying to, you know, because we most of us have full-time jobs. So trying to get everything in, it's just, it's a lot. But you have to plan for it. And if you plan for marathon training and plan for a marathon, you can totally do it. Just like if you plan for 5K training and you plan your 5K out, you could put that into your life. You may have to um, adjust in other areas, but it's doable. Absolutely. If you're motivated enough. Or if you have somebody who will motivate you. 
Yeah. I, I have that. I have that a lot at work. I am the motivator and they tell me they, they'll be like, Hey, I was supposed to do this, but I didn't do this. And they're like, you know, the worst part about it is you won't say anything, you know, bad towards me. You'll say, that's okay. You got it. They're like, but just knowing I have to tell you that it's just very hard. Cause when you have a person who genuinely cares whether or not you're being healthy and being good to yourself, it makes a huge difference. All right, so you got any other tips, hints, tricks, hacks for the listeners? Let's see. We talked about laying clothes out and having your water bottle. What about you just did some traveling over the summer. How did you, and you didn't come back looking crazy or um, slowed down any, how did you kind of maintain your journey while you were traveling? For me, the big part was we did a lot of walking. Uh, we didn't do, I guess, a lot of like sightseeing on a vehicle or anything. Um, I was traveling overseas for a little bit with my brother and sister-in-law, and they were very big on the walking tours. And most of the European cities, they have free walking tours. So you just go, and they're typically three hours, and they give you kind of a gist of a city you're in, and then you go continue exploring on your own. So, I mean, we would leave the hotel, you know, 8, 9 o'clock in the morning. We would be out all day till typically sometime around dinner when we would head back, kind of clean up a little bit, get unsweaty from the day. <laughs> but, I mean, so we spent, you know, seven, eight out, seven, eight, nine hours out walking and just, in, you know, enjoying everything. I did the same thing on another trip I took. So just trying to make sure that we took advantage of kind of the more pedestrian uh, things, whether I really wanted to ride a bike when I was in Amsterdam, but my friend was not comfortable <laughs> on a bike, so couldn't quite do that. But they're just, you know, in every almost everywhere you go, there are plenty of opportunities to kind of walk around and, and do things. And, you know, traveling in the U.S., finding a local running store in the area, those are always big, you know, helps. I like it. So you'd say kind of plan for physical activity when you're traveling. Look and see if there's a walking tour. Check with your hotel concierge. Look for a local running group. Or if you're comfortable biking, find a biking group or a bike tour. Or even um, one of those like segue where you walk on, walk off type tours is a great way to kind of keep moving while you're on your traveling and out of your normal routine so that you can eat whatever you want. Well, maybe not whatever you want, but at least you're not um, losing your physical fitness if you're um, indulging in the good stuff. And always making sure you have a pair of tennis shoes packed in your bag. Yes. I, I, nowadays, it's like the first thing that goes into my carry-on because I don't put my running shoes in my check luggage because that's the first way your luggage then doesn't show up because you need it. And anywho, yeah. So I am I carry mine on or either on my feet because the Atlanta airport is really big. And I'm always now hoping, can I be in the D gate so I have a good walk before I get on the plane? It's almost a mile or more even. You can get a mile or more worth of steps inside of the Atlanta airport if you don't get on that train that sometimes, to, yeah. I don't get on the train, had a bad experience, and ever since then I've been walking. And now there are the exhibits in the um, underneath where you kind of walk where the train travels. But there's moving sidewalks and exhibits and all kinds of things to see and you learn a little bit and uh, while also kind of getting your steps in before you sit on a plane for hours. So, all right, can you recommend a go-to source, a book, a blog, a podcast that will help someone on a health and fitness journey? Let's see, that would be TJ Tells It. <laughs> I did not pay her to say that. No, 
No, she didn't. But we, we use each other as a resource. It's a when you get tapped into a network of healthy, fitness minded people, you definitely have a personal resource that's out there and then they can recommend, oh, this is my favorite book for this. Like, I love what I talk about when I talk about running um, as I listen to it at least once a year. I love the audiobook, and I get a new nugget every year, but I still keep going back to um, pain is inevitable. Suffering is a choice. You choose to suffer. It's going to hurt sometimes, but if you just keep that in mind, it makes it a lot more bearable when the pain actually starts. So what's your go-to nutrition product or supplement? Or are you kind of a whole food outside of the grocery store kind of girl? I, the one thing that has been kind of consistent for me over the past couple years with kind of the my running um, fitness journey has been Excel Gel and Accelerate. Um, for me, it's so it's goo or a powder um, and it has the proteins plus the carbs. I found out that my body needs the protein. I can't just use uh, something that's carbs only. So like drinking just Powerade in a race, just if it's more than, you know, a 10K just won't cut it for me. Otherwise, my recovery, I am in extreme sometimes very pain, very painful the, after the race, even though I've stretched and done everything, just because my body craves that protein and oh. not just carbs. I love it. When people tell me they're super sore, I'm the first one to go, add an extra serving of protein. It makes a world of difference. And it's my go-to for when I'm sore, but I've been doing basically everything that I need to do. That and I'll um, do a serving of BCA's branch chain amino acids, which is also in protein, um, and do that in order to combat muscle fatigue and soreness. And it also helps me be able to do back-to-back workouts if necessary. So I love it. Protein is the go-to. All right, so now's the fun part. I got five questions that I want you to answer. Just the first thing that pops into your head. All right. What's one word to describe your fitness journey? Ongoing. What's your favorite snack? Ooh. Um, that one's a hard one. I have lots of snacks I like. This would be weird. Kind of a kid snack. Goldfish. I love it. What's your most hated exercise? Uh, see, I know you don't like burpees, but I don't mind them so much because I, I, I know I'm getting a good workout from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and like my run lead bag, there's almost always uh, like an Excel, you know, gel packet in there just in, just in case. And last question was the last thing you ate. The last thing I ate? Yogurt from Yogurtland. Yeah. It was Whopper flavored and I added sprinkles. She likes the sprinkles, guys. I, I don't know. Might have to kick her out of the club, but. The, the Whopper, Whopper flavor was good. It's like Whopper. It's, it really was like a Whopper in a cup. I love it. Well, thank you, Lacey, for joining us on TJ Tells It and letting everyone know about your health and fitness journey. You also gave us a lot of good tips. And uh, we'll be back with another episode. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time for another episode of the TJ Tells It podcast, telling about a health and fitness journey. You can find all the archive episodes and show notes at tjtellsit.com forward slash podcast. Never miss the next episode by subscribing through your favorite podcast app, such as Stitcher, iTunes, or Google Play, or just sign up for my email newsletter on tjtellsit.com. Not only that, signing up will score you a free weekly fitness planner. You can join me on Facebook to discuss the episodes and all things related to a health and fitness journey in the TJ Tells It community on Facebook.
Just three questions to answer and I'll add you to the group. You can send your questions to me at tj at tjtellsit.com. In between episodes, you can follow my journey on Instagram or Twitter by following TJ Tells It. Until next time. Keep in mind that this is a one step at a time, always moving forward journey, and you will too succeed on your health and fitness journey. I'm TJ and I'm telling you.